my mantra is helping to align men and women's souls, roles and goals. But I think at some point you've got to get to the place where, and it takes a long time to get to a place where you begin to see yourself as the beloved son or daughter of God, but it's possible. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Brave Today podcast. Just so you know, the show is going to encourage, challenge, maybe even provoke you to step outside your comfort zone, take more action to better improve yourself and your overall health. And I am your host, Mark Avens. And in this crazy upside down world that just keeps seeming to push a narrative for people to become just soft, weak, sicker, unhealthier, more dependent than ever. The goal and intent of the show is to help you navigate through that so that you can become braver today than you were yesterday. And as you uh, maybe just starting out, maybe first time listening, I have a couple of different types of, of shows that we offer. One is special guests, which we have today, and I'm excited to introduce one of my closest friends and mentors. We also have a brave Q&A where I'll be answering questions. If So if you have a question, you can certainly ask. If you're on different types of social media or on YouTube, just drop a question. I'll be featuring, maybe featuring that on one of the next Q&A shows. You also have a flavor of the week where I'll be discussing news on health and fitness, picking apart diet trends, workouts, things like that, fads, potions, and pills. And I'll be breaking them down and giving you my honest opinion on those. And then we also have breakthrough episodes, which... We'll dive deeper into an area, be it physical, mental, emotional, maybe some spiritual, any area that might be holding you back um, and giving you insight and guidance to break through to your personal health and fitness journey. And with that, today, we have a very special guest and on an interview, uh, this is one of my closest friends and mentors, somebody I've actually has been in my life pretty much on a weekly basis for the last three, almost three, three and a half years now. And uh, before we get into it, I just want to share how we got started. Um, as a coach, I'm very much, and and Luch being a coach as well, I'm very much a believer in coaching and mentorship. I feel that it can be helpful to have other people in your life uh, that, that you see that are in a place in their life that you either want to be at or you're aspiring to be, and you see they've already gone through some of that. Um, I actually met Luch through a business coach. And I, I, I got started with his son, uh, Vince, who has a great uh, coaching program for entrepreneurs like myself in the online space, which is a huge space. Um, but actually being able to, for me, getting started in it about five years ago and having no clue how to do it, I seeked help from an expert. And at that time, I actually found a different kind of expert and uh, and actually somebody that we just, I think we hit it off right away, Luch. Uh, and, uh, I, yeah, it was, it was, uh, the day in Vancouver when we first got started and got, we got introduced to each other and I, and Vince said, Hey, meet my dad. I think you guys would get along and connect. And I think that was the start of a, a bromance, so to speak, <laughs> spouses will say. Um, but I just wanted to share with you, he's a close friend of mine and I'll let him share a little bit about his, his life. I can tell you, we've been meeting up a week, every, pretty much every week for the last three years. He's a spiritual coach, a uh, mentor and, um, a certified coach as well. That helps a lot of other men like myself kind of help navigate through being brave and being, a, not only, a, a, an entrepreneur, a father, um, also a man of faith. And, uh, I hope you guys, uh, like the show today. So welcome, Luch, to the show. Appreciate your being here. Great to be here. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. So let let's jump right in. I mean, I know you and I could talk forever, but let's let's start. Um, what's what's been something going on in your life recently that maybe something that you've expected, didn't expect, and if you want to give a little background to yourself, by all means, too. Let's share with the audience. Sure. Uh, well, I'll give you a little bit of background real quick. Um, my wife and I are both of, of Italian uh, heritage. 
We met in university, uh, in my case, on the heels of a, I had a scholarship to the University of Wyoming, actually not far from where Mark lives now. And uh, that ended after a year because I got a serious injury and I didn't have a lot of, I had a lot of, I had compartmentalized discipline and self-control. Like I was a long distance runner. And, you know, if you're a long distance runner, you've got discipline built in, but only in that area. The other areas of my life were just a mess. And that kind of showed itself uh, when I was out on my own, away from my home and on my own in university. And so after a year, my scholarship, I finished my year. Then I was a lost puppy. I got injured and I ended up in Canada and ended up in a class with the woman who would become my wife, who's been my wife now for 47 years, Rosetta. And we've been best friends for 50 years, but we've been married 47. And um, that began a new whole new journey. Uh, I like to say I was saved twice, first by the good Lord and well, first by my wife and then by the good Lord. And uh, so then um, we ended up in this university in Ontario, Canada, in London, Ontario. And um, I began to rebuild my life uh, just by being around Rosetta, who was my girlfriend at the time, because she had more. She came from a very calm Italian family. I came from one that was hijacked by emotions all the time. And anger and different calm Italian of- family. Is there such oh thing as a calm God. Italian family? <laughs> was calm. She was I'm from Niagara good. Falls. I was from Toronto. Gotcha. We met in our Italian class, and then we started to date. And through the course of that year, um, she met some people who were Christian people, and then she introduced me to them. And then I tried to pull her away from these people that I perceived to be a cult. Long story short, within a year and a half, I I had an encounter. I had like a Saul to Paul conversion, um, which is probably what I needed because of the way I was. I needed a, like I I was once lost, but now I am found. And that began, that began, that began a journey that I've never really looked back from. I've never kind of looked back and said, I regret that. Um, So that, that's kind of a little bit of our background in terms of I'm 47 years married. I have three adult sons, three daughters-in-law, eight grandchildren, and I don't think you realize when you're newly married that you're going to go through a whole bunch of different seasons. I don't think I realized that when we were first married, it's just us, baby. We're let's, let's go on, let's move. And then you start having kids and then you start getting a job. You, you get moved from your job. You, you Different things happen. And, you know, we're in a season right now. I just turned 70 this year. I'm not retired. I'm refired. Mm-hmm. I've got a clear focus on what I want to be and what I want to do going forward. But now your children are all 5, 10, 15 years older with children. And so I don't think I anticipated some of the highs and the lows of this season. I think I was a bit naive because everything was going along so well. I just assumed it's going to be this all the way. Like being a runner, you know, the mile is four laps. So the first lap is your first 25 years. The next lap is up to 50, which is where Mark is. The next lap is the third lap, which in running, the third lap is the one that you blow up on. Usually runners, if they blow up, it's the bear. The bear they hit the bear, the wall, and the they third the lap. Wall, the like in a marathon, yeah. But, but if you train well, here's the thing. Here's the lesson. If you train well in the first two, or at least in the second one, it prepares you for the wall. Hmm. And then you can crash through the quitting points. They're still there, but the quitting points aren't walls. They're actually tissue paper. And then you move into this season. And I'm moving into this season with some uncertainty, 
but with a lot of inner strength, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, I mean, Mark, I think that's a little yeah, bit of an that, intro. that was the inner strength part. That was, uh, I think, one of the things that when when we got first connected. And I don't know if it was in our conversation. It might have been when actually, and partly why I wanted to have you on the show too, to share um, that that connection you have with your wife. Because I remember in that actual mastermind in Vancouver that that I attended and met you and your and your beautiful wife is to actually when I heard you guys up on stage talking about the value of having a strong bond with not just your faith but also in your marriage, especially as an entrepreneur yeah. and having that kind of, and that attracted me, not only just your, where you're at in your faith. And I didn't know at the time you were even a pastor and you ran it, you were a pastor of a church and all that stuff. It was more like, wow, how's he doing it? And, you know, when you guys got up in the stage and talked about your, just your love for one another. And also to the, I say younger guys than me, I was one of the older guys, but just in sharing like, you know, keeping the main thing, the main thing and what's most important. And is it your being successful in your, your finances or actually having a marriage that you don't lose in the process. And I think that was the the driving force or we, I actually just, I just got attracted to saying, I want to learn. Cause I, the one thing that you knew right from the beginning, when we touched base was um, I don't want to lose. If I, if I am going to become more successful and lose my family and my wife and all that in the process, I don't want that to happen. But more importantly, what really what really struck me is the bond that I saw the the was really a, a a real bond that you had with with your wife, and that was something that um, I was I was actually intrigued and I wanted to learn more. Like you guys had a real relationship. You had you know family, children, grandchildren, and you were doing it right, even if it wasn't perfect. Which I know you'll be the first to say is not perfect, but you you were doing it well, and I wanted to learn from you. So um, with that, I mean, and, and what you shared too, um, what was, if you could share with the audience too, in this, in this season of how to become brave, because look, marriage is something you need to be brave in. Like you have to be brave in marriage. What's one thing that you enjoy most? Maybe that's helped you become braver in your marriage to, to Rosetta. Well, that's really good uh, question. Um, you know what? It's an overworked I will, I'll back up. Mark knows that on my signature, my mantra is aligning, helping to align men and women's, in my case, mostly men's souls, roles and goals. Aligning people's souls, roles and goals. Mm -hmm. When my wife and I first met, uh, what was, we were more, although I won't, I'll be a little bit open here. We weren't overtly promiscuous, but we were more physical in our relationship being young young adults then we had no real soul connection and it wasn't until we started to move towards our soul connection that we began to actually see each other the way god i think god intended us to see each other as opposed to an object of physical beauty that i'm attracted to sexually she became someone that i just desired as a person in fact, to the point where someone asked me once, if if you're so in love with your wife's body, uh, just as an extreme example, what if something happens to her a month before you're supposed to get married and she ends up paraplegic? Would you still marry her? Wow. Well, that just, whoa, what do I love? Her body parts or do I love her? And I knew I loved her. You know, I'd have to figure out how to have my other needs met some other way legitimately. 
but I love her. And so I think that's one of the, I don't know if it's a secret, but I've never stopped being enamored with my wife. Even when I get angry at her, I always default to, man, one life is too short. So I don't know what, what how do I, I don't even know how to explain. I wouldn't even know how to write that about that in a book because it is something in the arena of the mystery of, of love. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, to be honest with you, Luch, like that, that right there takes a lot of courage, right? Because it doesn't take any courage to be attracted. Like saying my wife and I met and I was like, Ooh, who is this girl? Like, I want to get to know her. She looked good. Looked good on paper, right? Like she looked good. This is wow. I'm really attracted to her. It doesn't take any courage for that. It takes courage to not only have that, because that's really, it's not that that's not important because I believe being physically attracted to your spouse is partly why I want to take good care of myself, which will lead up to the next. And I know you are physically taking good care of yourself because you want to be attractive to your wife. I don't know any spouse that doesn't want to be attracted to their their other half um, throughout their life, because what happens if you're not, then you might be attracted to somebody else or that person might, your your spouse might go and find attraction to somebody else. Um, so yeah, w- w- with that, let, let me ask you this, what, as far as like setting healthy boundaries for yourself, what does that look like for you guys in a sense where yes, there's physical, but there's also emotional, spiritual, and that really honestly does take some courage. Cause it's, you know, w- you and I both talk about it. marriage is hard. Like it is not an easy thing. If you want a good one, like it's not, it's easy early, early, marriage. That's not hard. Early. Early, that's a that's a super great question. Early in my career as a as a pastor missionary on a campus, um, I was always around young, beautiful girls, co-eds, it's, I guess. And I was probably I was ten years, ten, twelve years older than them. And of course, Rosetta was home having babies. We we had three babies, like not all at once, but we didn't have a lot of children, but we had yeah, enough triplets. <laughs> Here she is, university educated. Her dad, you know, she never intended to get married so young in her life. And all of a sudden she's, okay, we waited a couple of years to have kids. But then when they started coming, like she was trapped at home, so to speak. And I wasn't smart enough to, dis- I wasn't wise enough to understand that my wife had needs other than to be a mother. And, you know, in, in, in some ways, the whole physical intimacy thing goes off the table sometimes during that season because they're just exhausted. They're tired and you're dumb. You, you, I, I'm talking about a season of life that's changed for people today. Today you have 50, 50, you know, wife is working, man's working like there in our generation. We, not our generation is a choice we made. My wife chose, she wanted to be home. So, but unfortunately what happened is I began to be uh, attracted unknowing unbeknownst to me and girls or Rosetta would often tell me, be careful, because gals are attracted to men who have power and men who have spiritual influence, at least in the world we were in. And you have both of those. You have leadership that women are attracted to, and you also have um, a spiritual influence that they're dependent on you for as their leader. So um, it took a mentor to actually address that. He says, Luch, do you realize that you're defrauding your wife? I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. He says, you're creating all kinds of insecurity for your wife when you come home from the campus and talk about what this person did, this this particular girl or this girl. And it's always in glowing terms. Meanwhile, she's been home with the kids and her hair's not done. She, you know, she's been trying to manage the home. And this is all before we're 30. By the time my wife was in her early 30s, she had pretty much what you'd call depression. And, and then she began to get some help. And 
the help included physical fitness. She began to walk. She had never been into exercise because she was naturally skinny thin. But then she began to walk. She began to take care of herself beyond just taking care of the family. And it took three, two to three years before she kind of got to a place where she could function. And I didn't realize my wife was falling apart. And uh, because I was busy building my, my, you know, even though I wasn't making a lot of money, I was getting a lot of ego strokes. Hmm. And that's just as, you know, the four, the four evils, fame and fortune, power and pleasure. They exist in spiritual work too, not just in business world. Yeah. <laughs> so those were the traps. Those were the traps I could, I could, was starting to fall into more the, more, not the fortune so much, but more the fame. In my little world, I was getting a lot of accolades and she was getting zero. And yet she was holding the fort. So uh, I hope that helps a little bit to give a little bit of context. Uh, yeah, the boundaries. Well, we, the boundaries well, yeah. One of the boundaries we had, this is a little funny. When we moved into our first house in a neighborhood where there was people well off and you know, again, we're talking about late 30s, early 40s. We're, we're pretty looking pretty good as a couple, but we're not party years, but we start getting invited to neighborhood parties and guys start, I could see guys are getting their eyes on my wife. And mm. I had the occasional woman who would kind of quote unquote hit on me. And here I am the missionary and here's my beautiful brunette wife. And, um, and we'd go, they'd want to mix it up and dance. Like I remember one gal, she was pretty drunk. She came up to me and said, let's dance, Luch, let's do the bomba, <laughs> la, la samba. And yeah. I said, no, thanks. But we had already decided beforehand, we don't dance with anybody but each other. Mm. And if we dance with anybody else, it's going to be in a group setting in a wedding. Um, so that's a silly, it sounds really silly, but I did not even want to come. I didn't want to touch another woman mm. in any way, even just to hold hands or a hug, because I didn't want to create insecurity in my wife. So that that carried us through our 40s. And then we began to speak on topics like how to affair-proof your marriage. Uh, how to not, you know, how to purge the urge to merge with someone else. You know, like wow. just, we, yeah. but, but so long before the word boundaries was being used, we began to intuit, we need to have some guardrails to yeah. protect this thing called our marriage. So. Yeah, the, guard, the guardrails, no, it's awesome. And, you know, the hard thing is if you are pursuing healthy fit habits and you're staying in good shape, and I've experienced a similar is that, you know, the majority of people that are going the other direction that aren't taking care of themselves, they're not confident, they don't have maybe influence or leadership and that sort of stuff. And we all have to some level. But again, that's not nearly as attractive as the person or the couple that maybe is, you know, walking that line. So it is really, I remember when you're talking about like the the boundaries, just the guardrails, one of the things, you know, having been around men and women, primarily women over the years, right from when Nicole and I first met, there's a room full of, of people in a boxing class or spinning class that I taught It's all women in there. Like, and I'm the instructor. And, uh, I remember, I think, you know, God actually, he really helped me out in the beginning with that. Um, just having, having that awareness, I would say, but it wasn't easy. It definitely required to, to realize, Hey, we weren't going to put ourselves. One of the things I remember hearing from ironically enough, a pastor, not you, but I heard this before is, is you walk around in slippery places and you're going to fall down, right? And that's no different in any situation, circumstance in life is one of the things that I found like, hey, if you put yourself like somebody doesn't just, if it's in a relationship, doesn't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to cheat on my spouse. They actually wake up 
and maybe it's a look or a dance or a glance or a text or a, you know, or a, a flirtatious conversation or anything like that. And you, you go down that dark road. So having boundaries, or I love actually the way you put it is guardrails. It's really important. And, and that's really like, I think that's something that does require you having courage or being brave, right? Like, and that's an everyday. Now that exists today for you, right? Even how many years you've been married now, Luch? 47, 47. That doesn't go away. You still need to have those guardrails, right? What does that look like now? I'd love to know like guardrails. Well, I, think, I, think, I think I think I used to always say to people, you know, you don't commit adultery because you might get caught. The reason I don't commit adultery is because I love my wife and my children too much. Wow. It's a love motive. Like to betray my wife. I don't, you know, I know today people are making excuses. Well, the person sought out another relationship because their husband or their wife, for that matter, was a goof or they were bitchy. And therefore, this they kind of almost justify betrayal. But Dante, when he's talking about the different levels of hell, puts betrayal at the very bottom. Like it's the number one sin. It, it betrayal of someone who's entrusted their heart to you is the worst thing that can happen in God's economy. When when Adam and Eve betrayed God, like they broke his heart. Like when the prodigal son comes home, he says, Father, he doesn't say, I broke one of your Ten Commandments. He says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and earth and against you. It's a relationship. So if that does fall apart, I have to believe in some ways that the relationship was off for a long time before. And this it just needed a spark. It, like that old song is said, it only takes a spark to get a fire going in the wrong direction. So, and they say adultery in the bed begins with adultery in the head. It, it usually is you've been feeding it. Yeah. And it's just looking for an opportunity, a moment of weakness. So I think now at this age, we're always on our guard. Uh, but right now, I think I have not only my sons, but I have my eight grandchildren you know, when I when they see me in my coffin someday and all things being right, I'll go first. Um, I don't want them to look in that coffin and they're talking about me at my funeral and they don't recognize the person because they're saying all these wonderful things about me at my funeral, but they kind of know me as something else. Mm. I don't want there to be a gap. I want there to be congruence. I don't want to be seen as a dirty old man. So that really motivates me to be in groups like I am to be with you every week, to be in my men's group, my men on fire group, where we don't call each other out. You like this phrase, we call each other up to a higher standard. And and it's not even hard. It's I want to be that man. I want to be a better man for not just myself, so I feel good, but for the sake of people I love. Yeah, that's that's, awesome. that's the highest motivation for me. Uh, and I'll I'll actually just add to that. It's one of the things I think that has attracted me to want to learn from you is you've been around other people. And I think that's part of life. I think it's actually, we just talked about that before coming on here, is talked about when we see directions, other people, the other options that are, exist and the outcomes of those options, right? Like I tell my kids and share, when you make choices and decisions, there's going to be, rep- there's going to be outcomes of those decisions is going to be favorable ones and not so favorable. You make good choices and most likely you're going to have, you know, good outcomes from those good choices. You make bad choices. Yes. And, and one of the things I think um, that I've, I've really 
leaned in on from you as you've helped me as a business owner is seeing that you make good outcomes, keep the main thing, the main thing, and and keep focused on what's most important to you. And you helping me to discover and help me to, I guess, flourish more than to stay stagnant in my pursuit of my faith. Because I like to see you, and I know we've talked about this many times, is your pursuit to the most important relationship. And I'll share for me is is not necessarily our relationship with our wives. It's our relationship with our faith so that our actually relationships with our wives and all the other people that are around us, our kids, grand, I don't have grandchildren yet, God willing someday, but having that relationship is really the the most important thing, uh, which is awesome. Let me ask you this. What's Mark, been on one, like- Mark, 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 one thing you and I both do that helps us from spiraling down is we both have words of the year we choose. Yeah. And I think in a simple practice, see, I didn't do that in my 30s and 40s. That that idea didn't come to me till my late 50s. I only started doing the word of the year, you know, in my early late 50s, early 60s. And it, it became a word that could, if the plane was kind of going this way, it kind of pulled me out. Not all of a sudden, but it gave me a, a vision. You know, mm. vision is a picture of a preferred future that gives me energy today to change. But what is that vision of a preferred future? So anyway, I just wanted to add that. Your word this year was? Honor. Honor. Yeah. Honor. Like, because I just felt in the this polarized world, the word hate was coming up too much, if not in my words, in my heart, towards different people, different individuals who I, I could fix the blame to. And it doesn't matter because the scripture says, honor the Lord, honor honor the the function of government it doesn't say you have to necessarily um like them hmm. but they're they're put in place to serve society's common good and my being dishonoring is not only attacking the person which is what i was doing i'm attacking the very thing that god put in place to keep society functioning you know so i i um honor was my word this year it just came at honor Honor the king. The scripture says, honor the king and love the brotherhood. And so having having scripture, this is the whole principle of what's your plumb line. What my wife and I, at the end of the day, besides our compatibility, we, we had two things that were the foundations of our marriage. Jesus Christ is Lord and the Holy scriptures. Those, those two became the, the foundation upon which Jesus and the scriptures being our navigational guide blueprint. And so, and then all the other stuff was bonus, like our common heritage. But for the most part, we didn't have a lot, a lot of compatibility on, on personality. We were totally different. Like I'm out there and she's more reserved. Yeah, well, they so say they, they learn- say opposites attract though sometimes, right? <laughs> they I don't they know who they attract. are, but they they do opposites do attract. I think just too men and women, we are very much up. They're very we're very different. Um, you know, I think of what I've learned is we tend to like we tend to keep things in compartments. You know, we have our relationship compartment, our work compartment, our play compartment, and women tend to mix it all together, right? It's it's essentially like yeah. men are for Mars and women are for Venus or the love language. My love language is very different than my wife's love language, by which which is a really great book. And I just want to kind of touch as you share with honor, because I think it's really important. So how, how, like if you can share with the audience, what's one way and, you know, being 
being this the brave today podcast, which by the way, was my word for this year. And I've, I've kind of went all in on the brave uh, and I'm not here to get into that, but one of the things in honoring yourself. So I'd love to hear what's, what's one, maybe one or two take homes that as far as how you are honoring yourself, I know there's as honor as your word, but maybe honoring yourself in this season of life, uh, maybe touch on physical, maybe and if you want to share one other, be it emotional or spiritual, something way that you've been able to honor yourself, maybe physically speaking. I, I love to hear that. And then maybe one other. Oh, sure. I'll I'll put it under a heading, which is a cute little, it might sound like, it might actually sound like a, a verse, a scripture. Know who you are, mm. like who you are, be who you are, and don't crap on yourself. <laughs> yes. I've had that for 30 years. Know who you are. And as a follower of Jesus, know who you are in Christ. I am a son of the king. First and foremost, I am a beloved son of the king of kings. And then I'm a servant of that king. And I'm also a steward. He's given me some things. Know who you are. Like who you are. That takes a while to do. Like, like you know, God made this guy. This stubby little five foot eight Italian guy. You know, uh, he likes me. He not only loves me, he likes me. Holy cow. That does something for me. Know who you are, like who you are, because God likes who you are, and then be who you are. Be who you are. Like, that's the do piece. And and don't crap on yourself. Don't go around shaming yourself, beating yourself up. Like, I have a saying from an old saint, an old Catholic saint. He said, well, my poor heart, here we are fallen into the ditch we had made so firm a resolution to avoid courage soul brave soul let us arise and we shall do better and that's been my life well my poor heart here here i am again here i am again like this month i've been reading a book i've been therapizing myself reading a book called make anger your ally my greater sin than lust has been anger like managing my anger. My anger is never going to go away because my anger is also used for good purposes sometimes. But there's an anger that I have that I inherited from my own sin nature and from my own home upbringing because anger was part of the ecosystem of my family, the emotional, you know, people would bang on the table. Like we didn't have conversations. We, it, it was actually looking back, it was really unhealthy. Like I like to say it was Italian, but it was bullshit. It, it was really damaging created fear and anxiety. And my wife, when she began to come out of her, like I'm the skunk in the family. I stink up the place when I lose it. And she was more the turtle. She kind of went inside. But later in our lives, she began to say, I'm not afraid of you anymore. I'm not afraid of your anger. It's not right. She used to, She began to develop her own know who you are, like who you are, and be who you are. Don't be afraid of Luch. Speak up for yourself. Honor yourself. Honor yeah, your boundaries. Yeah, that's and so and I've heard you shared that with me before, and it is so, and I'm glad that you shared it again because I needed to hear it is really good. Not not to to crap on yourself, right? To be like who you are, you know, and to be a part of that. And that's hard, you know, for a lot of people. What what's maybe one now you and me, and again, we have good environment around us, we have good marriages, they're you know, they're not always easy, and we have good support systems, family members friends, so forth, but maybe for the person that is struggling to like themselves and not crap on themselves, what's one, and maybe, maybe their faith is strong, or even for the person that doesn't have any faith, what's maybe one 
one way, so like today, if they were to leave this, you know, after listening and say one thing um, that they might try to do that can help them not to crap on themselves today, because I think that's what makes it makes it really hard for somebody to be brave, braver, because all the stuff, whether it be in their lives personally or maybe in the world and being observant of what kind of craziness is going on, what's maybe one thing that they can do, somebody can do today that can actually maybe help them to be just a little one step closer to being having more courage or being braver tomorrow it's it's a it's a big it's a big question mark and there's i don't think there's obviously you know what's going to come off the top of my head is what comes off today but i think there's two kinds of help that a person needs to reach out for there's vertical help which is harder to reach out for because you don't get an immediate response meaning the lord hmm. but then there's horizontal help like someone in that situation if they're really in a situation where they're really beating themselves up repeatedly whatever strength they have i think they need to find the strength a little bit more to reach out to someone to someone and um even if that's like you to refer them to someone like they need to start having another set of eyes on them and maybe a set you know when i start working with people i always ask them to make a list of things they're tolerating and sometimes that'll come up on the list. There's things that come up like silly things, like I don't have a hard drive for my computer. That's a physical thing. But sometimes people put, I have this relationship I'm tolerating. And this person, every time I look in, their, in, the, in the mirror of their, when I look at them, what I get back is I'm, an, I'm a bad person. Well, that's a toleration. You have to, there may be people who convey messages to you that say you're ugly. Mm-hmm. Not just physically, but you, you just, like when you walk away, yeah, those are called necessary endings. There may be people in your life that have helped contribute to that view of yourself. But I think at some point you've got to get to the place where, and it takes a long time to get to a place where you begin to see yourself as the beloved son or daughter of God. But it's possible. Um, it's the things you read, the things you listen to. Uh, it's not a quick fix, but there are there are ways to move forward. I mean, I'm I'm one of those guys. Like I, I got to a point where I made peace with the fact that you know what, I don't care if I'm ever a superstar pastor. That doesn't matter to me, because my vision is I want to be as much of a superstar father and husband that I can be. I I can work on that, and um, I just had to re refocus. And even though I'll never be perfect. I know where I'm heading. Today's obsession has become tomorrow's realities. And if this person's obsessed with getting well, they will. Like Jesus says, Jesus asked a very penetrating question. Do you want to get well? Wow. Because see, some people like to remain in their stuckness because it gives them an excuse to not face the pain of change. But until you see that the, the pain of change is better than the pain that you're choosing to live in mm. by default, um, that at some point that has to change that perception. As, so, as that awesome. yeah, so good. And and what's what's really interesting, I think we'll we'll finish this up too. Is is um, you shared with me one time, and we have no, as you can tell, Luch and I don't have a struggle to talk and have conversation. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but one thing that, that Luke shared with me one time is, is the, and you might want to write this down as wait, 
W-A-I-T. Why am I talking? But what you just shared, what what you just shared, which is, I think, really profound, um, you shared there's a vertical way to get help. So if you're in tune with your faith, and even if you don't know, but you want to learn, the best part is you don't have to be a Bible nerd to actually start. You can actually just look up or you can look down, you can look left, you can look right, and you can ask God to help. You can literally start there. If that's not where you're at or you don't feel, you know, where, you know, you need to be, whatever that is, there's also looking, that's vertical, there's also horizontal. So getting help from a coach, a mentor, a neighbor, a family member. So I'm going to share with you maybe this at this, instead of wait, it has to, it won't actually make sense, but why am I not talking? Maybe one of the things that you could do Uh, is to actually speak up and to talk to somebody, to reach out, to get help. To maybe, if it's maybe through God, maybe you haven't ever spoke to God before. I remember when my first, I remember my first encounter with actually realizing that I didn't have to have all the answers to speak to God, but it really, I can tell you, it didn't necessarily make things easier, but I can tell you it helped me get through those most challenging times of my life is actually just still speaking. And I learned that God already kind of knows what you're going to say before you say it, but he still wants you to talk to him. That's that relationship vertically speaking. On that, I think that that for me has helped me be able to help others who maybe aren't there, or even the ones that are on the horizontal lines, which I think partly our relationship has been both vertical and horizontal in a sense that we realize both are important. But for you, maybe the take home for for you, the viewer, the take home is is to speak up, to actually get the help that you need. Um, And uh, it can be valuable to take one step today to become braver than you were yesterday. Um, Let me, let's finish this in closing. Where, where's a place now? I know you you guys can reach out to me to find out how to connect with Luch. Luch, you are a coach, you work and maybe just touch on that and where people can reach you um, and share kind of what your specialty is. That'd be awesome. Yeah. uh, Just deliberate, you.com deliberate like we deliberate use the word deliberate you. like you like university deliberate you.com um i even though i'm retired from an organization uh church i work with an organization that gives me the freedom to coach people on the basis of what the person uh is needing and i can tell from the first appointment um which i usually do as a complimentary session whether they really need coaching or whether they need to deal with stuff under the hood. And there's no judgment on that. It's just a matter of discernment. Like when I started with a coach, oh, I don't know, maybe 2013, an actual real coach that I paid uh, to get some help, he discerned that, I, because I asked him, do you think I need therapy? I've come out of a really hard situation. He said, let's take a couple of sessions. And we discerned after the second session that I what I needed was more a coach with, with therapy-like uh, sensitivity, but not a therapist. So mm-hmm. Ken began to help me rebuild my life so that I'm living the life I, I want today. Like it took about a year to re reset myself. I love that word reset to do a reset. And he helped me reset my things that I was tolerating. He said, Luch, on your computer, you have a lot of open apps. And believe it or not, your computer's running, the battery's running down because you've got all these apps open and we're going to need to take some time to deal with them. Like you got a lot of things that make you downward spiral and we need to change the spiral around. So it's upward spiraling, but it's not going to happen in one week. So we met three times a week for the better part of a year, but it didn't take a year. It took less than that to begin to reset myself 
And um, so I think, I think a coach, but maybe the coach will discern that you don't need a coach right now. You may need a therapist, get some work done under the hood of your life, the past, and then come back to me. I'll be here. That's um, awesome. You shared with me. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you, you shared with me one thing that was also really meaningful, and and uh, I'm sharing with you a lot of what I've learned from Luch. You you mentioned one time about living a line a life by design or by default, and right. uh, by by design does take actually stepping outside and maybe being a little courageous to get some help or to take a step in a new direction um, instead of that downward spiral. And uh, whether it be through horizontal or vertical means, um, regardless, the, the best part is if God woke you up today and gave you another day, then you actually do have a chance that you actually can improve. You can become better, whatever that looks like for you. And I know I've always, you know, as the time we've spent together, I've looked up do you not that I want to be a luch because there's only one luch, right? There's only one Papa luch. <laughs> there's only one Mark Evans as well. And just as you guys are listening, there's only one of you. God only created one of you. And the, the best part is, is it's a learning, it's a learning curve and a learning experience and uh, being able to realize the design that has been made for you versus just kind of living by default, falling kind of by what the world's trying to have you live by their their means um, is something that you can't, no matter who you are, there's nothing special about either one of us um, here other than we're human just like you and you have just as much of a ability in yourself, uh, but it does require you to step outside and be a little courageous, be braver today and potentially, and that's the point, is to help you become braver today than you were yesterday. Any last minute thoughts just Mark, before we Mark, end? Yes, yes. I, I, I want to leave them with this. Yes. You, the, and I give frameworks or, or little things that you can play with, and then maybe it'll set something off in you for good. So hopefully today, as we've been speaking, you've been awakened to wake up. I'm not talking about woke, woke. I'm talking about wake up. Wake up like the prodigal son came to his senses. What are what are you maybe sensing you're coming to your senses about today? Hey, I've been living in the mud way too long. I, I, I'm waking up to that. Then own up to the mud. Wake mm. up. Own up. Then start to clean it up. Mm. And as you start to clean up the stuff, you're doing your part, wake up to name it. Name name the thing. Name it. And then own it. Stop blaming. Um, when you're blaming, you're being lame. Wake up, own up, clean up. If there's anything to clean up, maybe what's holding you back is a relationship that you were responsible for wrecking. And you haven't cleaned it up or someone else hurt you and, you know, hurt people, keep hurting people. Wake up, own up, clean up. Then without even saying anything, you'll start to feel yourself growing up. And then the best one is you can show up. It's impossible to show up well if you haven't done the first, the first few things. Wake up, own up, clean up, grow up. To show up well, it takes work. That's why there's four fingers versus one. Like today, you hear everybody say, you got to show up. Well, yeah, you can show up after you've done the work. You know, like, you know, Mark's a great example with the work he does with the fitness. You know, some people want to show up with a with the bikini body or whatever, or the dress, dress size down three or four sizes. But that can't happen until you wake up to the fact that name your situation, own it, 
and then clean up the stuff that's damaging you. And then you'll start to find yourself changing, growing up, and then you'll show up better. Awesome. That, there's no magic formula. Yeah, that's 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 perfect. Listen, if um, out of the last okay. part there, if we just did that last part, then that right there would be enough to be for the whole podcast, uh, literally. Uh, you guys, Thanks, uh, I don't know about you, but this is this is great for me. <laughs> so I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. And um, one of the things I want you guys to know is um, that we have we're here for you. If you want to get in touch with Luch, you can reach out to me. You can drop a question down below. I'd love to hear what you thought about today's podcast uh, and Luch, thank you. It was awesome. So many gold nuggets. I hope our viewers, I know our viewers not only got one that they're probably taking freak frantic notes in there. It was so awesome. Uh, as usual, it's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you. Thank you so much, Luch. Appreciate you. Take See care. you later. Have a good day, everybody.